Mark Danby. I feel like we should be cracking open the uh, Canadian club. That's still your favourite drink, the 20-year? The 20-year-old Canadian club there. Uh, brings back memories, mate. We used to bring it back overseas for me before they made it available here. Um, yeah, good old 20-year-old CC. It's a very, very special GP this weekend for you, Mark, when I heard it's your... Yeah, 100th Grand Prix, Sam. 100th Grand Prix. So, yeah. Um, Did you ever... No, I didn't think uh, we'd get to this. Um, just kept going to all these races and, yeah, I don't know, I, just, I was on a, on a flight coming back from Europe one time and I just went through a uh, little notepad and just started writing all the races I went to and how many times I've been to different ones and all of a sudden added up to like 80 or 70, whatever the number was. I think it was, I started counting when I got to 50, I think. Yes. Yeah, 50. I remember the 50th Grand Prix and mm -hmm. then from there I've sort of been doing a bit of a tally and then... Um, Last year, we got into the mid-90s, and um, I thought, okay, which one's going to be the 100th? So, so I knew it was going to be special, but I was going to ask you, when you got to your 50th, yes. you obviously knew that was your 50th, or, yes. you, or you didn't find out by accident? No, you no, I, I should, yeah, I think it was just before that one mm -hmm. that um, okay. I was I was doing the tally on, on, the, on this flight back from Europe one time, and I was like, oh, okay, I've been to like, you know, 40-odd 40, 40 races, this is pretty cool, mm -hmm. you know, and then, okay, and then, yeah, the 50th one was in China. I remember because I was with some friends of mine from Sydney. Um, yeah, and we had a bit of a drink that night and stuff, celebrating that. And that was, yeah, <laughs> so that was about 10 years ago. So. so with the 50th, there wasn't any uh, missing of races. And the reason I'm saying that is because you wanted to keep this one special. You missed yeah, out well, on look, one. Yeah, I did. I, look, I, I usually go to Abu Dhabi every year. Yes. Uh, love, love that race and uh, love the event there. Just Love everything about the culture there more than anything. But, uh, yeah, I, I decided to forego that one um, to make sure this one would be the 100th, given it's in my own backyard. And I suppose the whole full circle thing, the first Grand Prix in Australia was in Adelaide, which I was at as a young kid. Uh, and here we are 100 races later in Australia. <laughs> 100. Now, can I ask you, the uh, when you were working it out, was there like half a dozen races you thought, which one do I miss because I want the 100th in Australia? Or was it just the Abu Dhabi? Um, How did that happen? Couldn't you Again, look, I, I, I hadn't decided yes. uh, if if this was going to be the 100th. So, right. so going through last year, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I went to China, um, obviously the one here. Uh, I went to Monza. Uh, and then Singapore, I actually just went over for the Saturday and came back. So I didn't do the race. So I was there for the... Saturday and flew home. See, you but didn't, I go didn't to the, do the race. Is, was that intentional? Yes, it was. Yes. So technically, I actually flew over there to see Duran Duran. If it makes no sense, <laughs> they were playing on the Saturday night. And I flew straight back, so I was in Singapore for six hours. <laughs> Hello, Simon Lebon. If you're oh, listening. mate, he was rocking it. Don't uh, worry. Right. You know, hunger like the wolf. You know, were you tempted, or you just knew if you hit Singapore, your hundredth would have come early, and you would have missed out this weekend? Um, I. Singapore was always just going to be the Saturday. So I'm a that was it. That was it. Look, and that look honestly, yep. I wasn't going to Singapore. Yep. So I was looking at the okay. Abu Dhabi one. But okay. then what happened was, because I, I just come back from Monza, yep. and um, yeah, look, some of these events in the last few years have been literally mainly the Europe, uh, some of the Asian ones, and mm. even well, the Monza one was last minute as well. I only made the week decision week before. I've just literally made it off the cuff decision. Yep, next week I'm going to Monza. Next week I'm going to just literally. Honestly, Sam, it hasn't been like six months in the planning mm. and 
And the Singapore one, I think I bought the ticket that morning mm-hmm. uh, or the day before. I literally just, no, I'm going to go just to see that. So I went for qualifying and, um, yeah, I watched the qualifying. It was, yeah, it's always exciting. And then and then watched the concert and then flew straight back to Australia. Um, but, yeah, that, that wasn't on the cards at all. I had friends over there that mm-hmm. were going and they were going to be there. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just go and catch up with them for a bit and stuff. And I did and, <laughs> and flew home. So there are guys out there with bucket lists to go and see one GP. Oh, Possibly just a Melbourne one, you know, get yeah. the four day pass, That's leave right. pass from their bride or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, st- I hear these stories a lot actually. They, they do the a one pass, you know, you know. <laughs> they get the, the three days pass? off. Is that the one? Is that <laughs> something know. else? Go on. I got a good wife. She just, she's no, happy okay. to see the back of me. Just, yeah. yeah. But 100, 100. Is there something special? Is the Australian Grand Prix Corporation going to put up something? A banner? Look, I haven't bothered with any of that, Sam. I'm Nothing. S- I like the BP title quite achiever yeah. just just keep it low you know someone said to me oh you should contact the corporation and let them know i said no nah, i don't i'll just go there this weekend and enjoy it for what i like to enjoy okay so you know so the first one do you remember the first time course, you walked yeah. through the gates was adelaide correct yes adelaide yeah yes. i was just a kid and yeah. you went with what you drove up you flew oh, in parents you parents drove, my, yes. drove me over for it and yeah. um yeah it was yeah it was Quite exciting thing, to, you know, to be a part of, to go in there. And I remember seeing, I think I walked in. The session had already started. Um, first car I saw, I think, it was Nicky Lauder in the McLaren, um, and then Nelson Pierre. Yeah, just, yeah, just just seeing a Formula One car for the first time on the track, uh, just getting the buzz of it. And then that's as and I'll tell you, then F1 fan will tell you, just when you sort of get hooked into it all, and you just want more of it. And um, yeah, the Adelaide years are really good. It was always a fun event over there. Uh, I was unfortunate it came to an end. Uh, I think, yeah, the the politics of it all with the government, the money it was costing, and obviously then you had, you know, rest in peace, Ron Walker. Um, he sort of snatched the event under under the nose of the Adelaide government and brought it to Melbourne. He actually um, went toe-to-toe with Bernie Eccleston to say, look, you know, we want this event and sold it to him pretty well. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and sure enough, that's how we ended up scoring it over here in Melbourne. But, uh, yeah. So were you an absolute GP or F1 fan before you went to the first race or was this your first? I just, it was, timing's everything, I suppose. And mm-hmm. like, I think I just started watching on the tally probably the previous year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember being a young kid, like probably, I don't know, 13 or something, one night seeing it on tally at one of my friend's houses or something. And But yeah, I think 84 was my first proper season to watch it on TV mm-hmm. and I only picked it up in a mid-year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't, yeah, it was just, I think a late movie had finished. I flicked the channel. This is my memory. If I go back to being 16. Channel 10, was it? Channel 9. Channel 9, channel okay, 9 yep. Daryl Eastlake. Was no, it was Jane? actually Peter Weir, if I, must, if I just rang a bell there. He was the first host, actually, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of the Formula 1 coverage. Uh, and then half, later that year, they said, oh, there's going to be a Grand Prix in Adelaide next year. But no one believed it. Just saying it's so far-fetched that how could Adelaide, you know, get this Grand Prix and Melbourne and Sydney didn't even sort of bid for it but sure enough the season started in 85 and Adelaide was on the calendar and there was going to be a race in Adelaide and I thought well then I started you know watching it every you know it's a Sunday night thing late at night whatever and um yeah had to go to it and uh, been to all of them since went to all the Adelaide's all the Melbournes and then probably started traveling uh I don't know 15 odd years ago just here and there mm-hmm. but probably solid for the last uh, what are we, 2008, probably the last 13 years, solid, just going to races over in Europe and America and it's just all over, all over, like, you know, and I suppose the bigger picture for me, Sam, is it's given me an excuse to see the world. Mm-hmm. I never would have gone to places like China, um, you know, Abu Dhabi, 
Dubai, you know, these sort of places. Um, and even deep in Europe, like Belgium, you know, some Liege, one of the oldest cities in Europe, amazing city. You know, so it's it's been very cultural to, mm-hmm. to, to travel. And, you know, it was about the racing in the beginning, but now it's like, you know what, that's a part of the world I'd like to see your, you know, to, to go and visit and just see what the culture's like. So that's been good. That's been the, if I look back and over the hundred and think, well, that's been the, the, the big thing to come of it for me is that I've, I've actually gone to places in this world that I never would have, you know, never would have thought twice about visiting. So when you say solid over the last 13 years, is there an average number? What, how many races in a season for starters to the people that not, don't know much? And oh, what is a 20? solid year for you? A solid year for me <laughs> yeah, would be anywhere in the region of um, <laughs> double figure rate. There you go, 10. Because there are guys that are watching a solid year on TV from yeah, their this, couch. Yeah, this is true. Now you. you know, but now, I, look, you know, I've cut down a bit yeah. um, to maybe six, yes. six or seven yeah. a year. Uh, depends on alternate years. But um, yeah, big year, when I plan a big year, it's like 10 or 11, maybe half the season. 10 or 11, yep. Okay, nine. I think I've done a nine one year. I did a 11. Oh, yeah, I've, I've done a couple of double digits in, in, those, in those years. So if eighty four was your first season on TV, right? Yeah, eighty four yep. was your first your first season. If we're having another celebration down the track, <laughs> I, look, I haven't thought beyond this weekend. If I'm honest, hang on. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> Go on. Hundredth is a special number, of course. Oh, the time, yeah. right? It's the in, yeah, in the cricket air. We're making 84, yeah, okay, 16. I'm thinking 16 plus 18, 2018, yeah, That's 34 years traveling, right? Uh, would, from, from no, yes and no. Well, look, I was a kid. In, in, yeah, well, you, well, I didn't start traveling until. But what, you saw that? one every year. Okay, it was, okay so it was one a year. Yes. Yes. Okay. For, 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 uh, since 20. Since 1984. Adelaide. Yeah, well, my first actual overseas race was Brazil. And I went to Rio de Janeiro, and I was like twenty. Nice debut. And, and look, it was scary because it was third world country at the time, and uh, pretty bad. You know, a lot of terrible stuff going on over yep. there, murders yep. and stuff. Yep. And um, yeah, that was that was pretty frightening experience, if I'm honest. You know, the race, the the weekend was great at the track, but even that had its own dangers. Um, the locals in Brazil, uh, yeah, that grandstand. If uh, there was no like there's no allocated seats, so it's just benches. So you had to get there early. And if you try to get there late and do a sneaky and, and climb up, yeah. those people got pelleted. Pelted, sorry, pelted. And they'd try and bring little kids for sympathy, not working, not working. So anyone around those people would push those people because they become targets themselves. This was fascinating. I was this kid at this overseas race, couldn't speak a word of mm-hmm. Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was stinking hot, um, and this fire truck came up the straight with this hose and just sprayed the whole crowd, just soaked us all. Beca- and we were loving it because it was just so hot. But yeah, that was my first overseas race. Um, you know, got lucky enough to go into the paddock, sneak my way in there, you know, hang out for Eaton Centre and Pross in the McLaren garage, and I sit on the pit wall for on dinners. This was so that was my foray into like wow. This what, is year for, what year was that? What year was nineteen eighty nine? Nineteen eighty nine. So, so it took just, you five years to get yeah, over the yeah. first one just to... Yeah, well, that was... Well, 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 I chose... The reason I chose Brazil mm-hmm. is because the racetrack at the time uh, was like a bit of a scale-electrics-looking track. You could yes. get, the circuit went inside itself. So mm-hmm. from the main grandstand, which is very high, you could so much see the whole track from mm-hmm. above. Mm-hmm. 
And it's funny how the modern tracks have become like that now with these tilky domes, this uh, guy that designs them now. But I, I, I looked at it, I didn't want to spend at the time, you know, three or $4,000 to go to Europe just to see a car go past once. Uh, and that was it, you know. You know, today we've got TV screens and there's all this, you know, you've got apps on your phone you can watch, you know, there's all this information now. But back then it was just, there was none of, none of these screens and stuff unless, um, you know, you're on the pitch straight and had the expensive ticket, I suppose. Mm. But that was the main reason I went to that race because the track was, was you could literally watch the whole lap from this grandstand. Like it was a really high grandstand on this long straight and the track sort of went inside itself, if that makes any sense. And uh that's, that's the reason I chose that race to be my first race overseas. So, so it sounds like it's more value for money, that track there, because you could well, sit in one place and watch a lot of it. it well, was, you know, you at, at the same time, it was like, you know, it's extreme. I'm like, you know what? It's a pretty exciting place, I think. You know, like, I've watched it on telly a couple of times. and It looked it looked pretty full on with the way the Brazilians do the samba and accelerating in the crowd. So a couple of Brazilian drivers at the time, PK and a few others. But... Mm. Uh, yeah, and I think the other thing was is that they were doing testing there the week before. So I went for 10 days and I got to see two two days of testing mm-hmm. the weekend before and then the following weekend was the race. So that was another upside to go. Okay. So I, I was getting real value, real value. So today you mentioned there's apps, there's big screens on the, on yeah, the, on yeah, the track. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have to sit in a particular spot. To, you've got all these other luxuries, let's yes, call them. Yes, yes. So do they really have to build a track like that Brazilian one now because of all the luxuries that are afforded a to lot, A lot of the tracks now, now yep. uh, this has been going since probably 99, this uh, German designer named Hermann Tilke, mm. uh, he got commissioned to design these ra- new, new style racetracks and they got a couple of drivers involved as well. Mm. And the first one was the Sepang International Circuit in Malaysia, which at the time seemed to be this futuristic sort of layout the way the seating was in the grandstand, it was proper bucket type seats, you know, sort of built into the to the grandstand. Um, you know, very, you know, not a dollar spare to build this track. Mm. Um, but there was huge runoff areas um, for safety. But just that, this was the modern track, you know, 10, 12 meters wide, which is was new again. There's really wide, you know, racetrack undulating. So they basically get a they can block a land yep. out in the middle of nowhere and build these tracks. So that was the first one. And then ever since then, there's probably been about seven or eight since then mm. that have been built. And mo- But most of them, they're in remote areas. Yeah, I've been to a lot of these tracks. The, the, the biggest waste is Istanbul Park in Turkey. I got to go to that race mm. back back a few years ago. And, and you know, that's the modern-day spa. That racetrack was incredible. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and it's just a wasteland sitting there now. And it's just unfortunate that the government spent all this money. We're talking a region of eight hundred million to a billion dollars to wow. build these tracks. Yep, um, it's in Turkey. Well, yeah, this is the one in Turkey. Yep. But yeah, you know, they built one in Korea that fell over. They built one in India that fell over. You know, they're just sitting there doing nothing because they're just they're paying all this money to build the tracks. They're paying the fee to host the race. They're trying to get they get other for, other forms of motorsport like MotoGP. Um, world touring cars and but it's just not sustainable it, it's the best analogy i can use him it's like the the olympic sites yes you know once once the olympics pass through and if you can't really find any use for it well you know they're just wastelands aren't they so so the melbourne grand prix happening 
the money that's spent on an annual basis where they build it and then pull it down, it sounds like that's a, a better idea as opposed to building, spending a billion dollars and well, going to uh, wasteland. Uh, the think? other fact about the Melbourne one, this is mm. why the Adelaide one worked mm. as well, Yeah, it's a street circuit, okay? If if you build a permanent racetrack, see, people aren't, it's not going to be as big an event. If, mm. it's a purpo- if, it's, if, it's, if it's at a purpose-built racetrack, it's just the hardcore fans mm. that will go mm-hmm. to watch it. But, you know, the event here is a carnival. Yeah, there's, if you walk around the track on any given day, there's something going on. They've got activities everywhere, okay? And a lot of people um, overseas came to this event to learn from it and build their own. Like Singapore, because they've got so much money over there, their event is incredible. They're, they're, you can't stop for one second at Singapore and not something isn't happening. They've got, they've got four different stage areas. And at any given time, you can have Katy Perry, Duran Duran, Lenny Kravitz playing all on the same weekend, not, mm. not just one day. Mm. Um, a session will finish. Someone will play at this stage. A session will start. Someone will play at the, It's just, you know, but they learn all that from Melbourne. Right, you okay. know, And, and before then, maybe Adelaide a little bit too, but just the, the, the street circuits, it's a carnival. It's, it's, and again, it's close to the city. And the, the problem here, oh, it's not a problem, but there was two things with Melbourne. Um, they had an existing history with, with, the, with the Lakeside Drive track. The, yes. the, the Australian Grand Prix back in the 50s and 60s used to run at Albert Park. So there was that his- historical aspect. And obviously, because Adelaide was on the edge of the city, this is what made Adelaide so fantastic. It was on the edge of the city. So literally, you know, right, it'd be like uh, the best comparison I can make. It'd be like having the Grand Prix on Spring Street, heading down towards the Hilton and back and around somehow, Lansdowne Street. That, that, that's the best analogy I could, as, as that's how Adelaide was. It was right on the edge. But unfortunately, Melbourne, tram lines, it just it was never going to, you know, be in the heart of the city. So there's no chance it was going to go down Sydney Road? Down uh, no, no, Sam. Maybe, maybe at the Bell McKay Street. Street Park. That's where the pits <laughs> could have been, okay? Your folks would have built the... Yeah, the, well, yeah. You would have bought the, a flats? Yeah, probably in the, in the flats there. That's right, where, where we used to break a few windows playing footy <laughs> back in our youth. Yep. Is the Save the Elba Park group still around, Mark? I don't think so. No, they've done. They've, they've accepted the fact. Look... I used to row a boat in Albert Park Lake when yes. I was a kid. Yes. Okay. And that's a long time ago. And I remember what that that whole f- facility looked like. I even played hockey on the pitch straight back. This is in the late 70s. Yes. Right. How those people thought that there hasn't been impressed, it's, it's beyond me. It was just, it's, 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 I'm not going to say hilarious is the word, but if you look what how it is now and what it used to be, it was a swamp and it was a dump. And now it's actually a proper. Yeah, the parklands around it, it's just, it's beautiful. It really is. You know, they've built barbecues, just everything about it. And even, and the beauty here was, this was the upside here. At these at these temporary racetracks, as they call them, they build the pits and they pull them down. Mm. Here, they've kept it permanent, which was good. And they use them as netball uh, courts in the off season. So you can go anytime down Albert, Al, or, uh, Audi Drive, whatever it used to be called, or mm. that's what it used to be called. And in the winter, and you'll see, they're all netball courts up there. Um, so the, 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 that building's getting used. So this that was, that was a very smart idea for, for, for the Australian Grand Prix board in Melbourne here to, to say, you know what, let's build something proper. So the proper the, the pit building is very good. Um, some other temporary races, they've got to pull them down, put them back up again. It's, it's restricted in that way, I suppose. But that was an upside, again, because people are using it. Mm-hmm. So how can, that, how, can that, how can that not be a game that wasn't there before? Yeah, but the Save the Other Park group, I mean... Any last words for the save the other? No, nah, we'll just let then? that go, mate. I, 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 
yeah. Any run-ins with them over the years? I did have one actually did for you? a laugh. Yeah, I, I was down there doing. <laughs> for a I laugh. did. No, I did. I was. I was in. Oh, yeah. I did actually. I went there. There was this little tent up in. Um, Albert did you Road. infiltrate their their ranks? I was and sitting in a to tent, one? Sam, in the middle of a piece of grass in the middle of nowhere. I'm turned six there. Just yeah. turned yeah. six. They were inside, or just now. This is not during the race. This, oh, is, right. this is during the year. They just set up. They would. They would be there during the year doing this count. It was Shit. just. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And what did you do? Did you go in? No, I, I just. Well, I said, look seriously. What are you guys about? Honestly, I know there's protests. We all got a right to protest. But what are your protests? I said, look around you. How could you not see this is much more improved? This whole area is so much more improved, because yes, they built the racetrack, but then they spent just almost as much money re. Um, doing the whole parklands, mm-hmm. you know, excavating things and putting uh, your properties have gone through the roof. The, well, the amenities around yeah. there are magnificent, yeah. so that's yeah. why they probably gave it up, gave up their battle. What number is this in Australia, though? You've you obviously Melbourne, um, Adelaide. Well, hang on, if I did all the Adelaides and Melbournes, so that's at 10 in Adelaide, 11 in Adelaide, and what are we, 22? So it's 33 or 2. So what's that, 33 in Australia? This weekend will be number this will 33. Be 34, 34, which will make it 100. So I think I've done the math right. There was 11 Adelaides mm-hmm. and we've had 22 Australians. Ah, uh, Melbourne, sorry. Mm-hmm. So what's that? 33 and this will be 34. So this is, I think this is the 23rd Melbourne. Started okay. 96. You're right. Yeah, this will be the, yeah. I'm sure someone will contact you and tell you, Mark, it was 23 or 22. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, no. You're right. I reckon, I reckon that's right. But still, this is definitely your hundredth, correct? Have you kept something from each Grand Prix? Are you like that? Do you keep Look, a, ta- you know a ticket what? or a stub or, or yeah. a T-shirt? When you're younger, hat. you do all that sort of stuff. Yep. You know, you you buy memorabilia, you buy souvenirs. But I, I think I got over that, you know, a while ago. Um, yeah, I've got different type of T-shirts from different races, or there might be some little things here and there. Uh, I remember I was in China one year, and there was this little glass rectangle casing and it was like a mirror and inside was Kimi Raikkonen's car like we look at it side on it looked yeah that was quite cool so I've still got that um but yeah I don't yeah a friend of mine collects pins okay. at the races you know and I'll go to a couple and you know but yeah but no I've never I don't know I think that's yeah have you seen the merchandise explode from when it's first started the the well yeah well, and, and look and again back to the Adelaide years you know they used to have the street closed off closer to the track and the mer- the, the the merchandise there was incredible. You the, the amount of T shirts and tops you could buy, you just don't see that stuff anymore. You really? had printed yeah, printed stuff with center center center, you know, uh, a picture of center on it and stuff and just the Schumacher stuff and just incredible stuff. But as soon as it, the licensing became more professional, if that's the word for it, all that just got shut down. You know, okay. So these these weren't rip off tops, they? but they're just unique tops, unique. You know, and, and anyone who knows who's used to go to those years in Adelaide will know what I'm talking about. That, and I've still got some of those. This is 20 years ago. I've still got some of these tops. They're, I mean, they're just hanging my wardrobe. But you know, every now and then I'll pull one out, and because I've kept it really good, and people, are, oh my god, where'd you get that? I said, mate, oh, this is from Adelaide years. You just can't. Yeah, there's some really really good stuff back then, but that's all just big. You know, it's become like anything. You know. Copy, copyright, yes, licensing, exclusivity. So it's all, yeah. But uh, yeah, the merch has definitely got a lot better in the team, especially the team gear. You know, you, you, you can pretty much buy the shirt or the top that Ricciardo wears. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks very much almost identical to the one he's wearing. 
Um, and it's reasonably priced. You know, some of it can be priced. If you want to spend, you can buy a ski jacket for you know five six hundred if you want. Mm. But it's a, it's got definitely improved because back there was none of that back in those days. You couldn't buy any of that stuff unless you knew a mechanic. Yes, there'd be something else. And that used to happen back in the day because Adelaide was the last race. You'd often find the mechanics selling their stuff. Off really? The sh- oh yeah, it was a shirt off their back. They're, they're, <laughs> they're getting issued team gear. Yes, right. So they're getting it for the whole year. They're getting what four or five shirts, six pair of pants. Well, at the end of the year, because the following year they're getting more team gear. Right, so right. what do you think they're doing? They're trying to flog it off. And I've got plenty of. I've I've got a couple. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I I, I remember one year in Adelaide we went into the pits there, and this guy took us to a container to do a dodgy deal. It was just incredible. We we're just pulling out all this stuff and. He's like a kid in a candy store. Well, it was just funny yes. because he's he's looking offload it. Well, we're sort of half excited. Look, look, we're getting. Oh my god, we're getting a pit shirt. Yep. Um, and the following year, he's getting a new one. Oof. So we say, well, mate, see in twelve months to buy this one. You know. Very yeah. nice. Now I want to pick your brain. This year's starting this weekend. This will come yep, out. The this championship weekend. starting this year at this weekend. Sorry, yep. Sorry. Correct. So th- we want to go back to last year. I want to hear about your ideas, your thoughts. About the the constructors, the championship. Um, look, the last year um, it was ex- interesting. Championship. Look, we actually got a decent season last year. You know, Mercedes. Look, this engine formula started like three, four years ago, or four years ago now. Okay, so it's all about the Mercedes engine. Okay, um, yeah, they've bought they've bought. Yeah, you know, it's like a hybrid. It's become a hybrid formula. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got all these energy components on the car, battery, you know, battery packs recharging themselves and feeding horsepower into the engine. So it's not just the engine power from the engine. There's these other facets to the engine that are producing power. Mm-hmm. Okay, energy recovery system, like mm-hmm. when they're braking, the energy from the brakes is getting transformed to the engine mm-hmm. to give po- to give power. This is where it's the technology is just, you know. And again, this this will all filter through to road cars, of course it is, but. Last year, we actually got a close championship because before the Mercedes were dominating. Um, and so it was Ferrari and, and, and Mercedes for the championship. It was Vettel and, and Hamilton. And they were going toe-to-toe there for most of the year. Um, Hamilton had a couple of setbacks, you know, grid penalties, this, that, the other. And and then it all came undone for Ferrari when they got to Singapore. Um, Vettel had this crash. It was his fault. Um, yeah. And, and earlier in the year, he'd, he'd crashed into to Hamilton on a restart, thinking that he'd uh, brake tested him but after the Singapore crash the following race the the next two races the Ferrari team the car became unreliable they had engine problems and car problems at the start of the race so they they fell away quite quickly and then Lewis capitalised on that so he had he went from being something like 20 points behind to 50 points in front in the space of three or four races um, and then Ferrari never really recovered from that uh, Red Bull came in there at those last couple of races and won won a couple of races. Uh, Verstappen, he won a couple of races there, and and then Vettel finished off of the last race by winning. At, uh, um, oh, sorry, the second last race in Brazil. Um, but yeah, that, it was a close championship, and this is what's so exciting about this year. We just won a repeat of last year. Hopefully, Red Bull can come up as well. So okay, but yeah, this did the back. The last year, look, the right man did win the championship. A lot of people think Vettel, but no, I, I Lewis drove an incredible year. He really matured. To another level, I thought. Um, but yeah, he 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 drove very measured. Um, there was poison pressure there in certain occasions that he just showed that he had what it took to 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 get the 
the better of Vettel. Whereas Vettel under pressure last year, he sort of he he buckled. He buckled a couple of times. You know. Okay, it's interesting. But yeah. what I want to do, I want to go back. I want to go. I want to go back to the constructors' championships from last year. Yeah. I want you to tell me a little bit of something about the battlers, because it's nice to mention the battlers. So you want to what you want to go forward into so, this year? Yeah, I want to go back. I want to go from tenth. I want to give uh, a bit of a shout out. Was it the Salba, the Ferrari boys? Okay, tenth, well, Salba, look, Salba, Salba, Salba finished tenth last year because okay. I'm a little bit uh, as, as a bit of a novice to the uh, to this uh, Formula One. Formula okay. One to see a Ferrari, regardless of what they got or who they're associated with, in tenth place, Mark. I mean, come on. Yeah, but look, this is how the sport works. Then you've got your your big teams, yeah. and then you've got your mid-grid teams, back teams, that they've got customer engines because this is how the sport's been for many, many a year. So, yes, the Sauber has got a Ferrari in it, okay, yes. Ferrari engine. And <laughs> well, what sort of Ferrari engine is it? No, well, look, it's funny coming. you should say that because what used to happen... Can I buy this car? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, if you might buy the spark plug, okay? <laughs> you might be able to buy the spark plug, all right? But the funny, it's funny you should say that because... What used to happen was, and they just changed this rule a couple of weeks ago, funnily enough, yes. these customer cars, uh, sorry, custom, customer teams, mothers, they're getting engines from the big guys, Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, okay? They're using Explain their engines. customer teams. Well, customer cars. A customer team yeah. is a team yep. that's using an engine mm. that's f from the f from a factory team. Right. So Ferrari, the team. Yep are selling their engines mm. to these other teams down the grid. Right, okay. That's a customer because they're a customer to Ferrari. They're so, a customer to Mercedes. Salba. So Salba's a customer to Ferrari. To Ferrari. They're using for, that's why it's Ferrari because they've got the Ferrari engine. But what used to happen up until a couple of weeks ago, last year, they were always getting their engine spec from the previous year. Right. Okay. Second hand. So yeah. Well, sec yeah, second hand performance. Right, okay. Okay, not, not, not the engine from that year but the, just the, the specification latest. the specification was 12 months old if right. that makes sense but up on and this was the same with all the customer teams mm -hmm. but um there was a bit of noise at one of the tests a month ago and the, the fia the governing body came out and said no from now on everyone's getting equal parity with engines so now which is good which is good mm. okay good for racing well it, it is this this will make it more interesting for the mid-pack um so now all the engines will be of equal performance. So the, the the engine in the Williams, which is a Mercedes, will be the same engine that's in the Mercedes. Okay. The engine in the Sauber will be the same engine that's in the Ferrari. Okay. So Ferrari so, can't offload their uh, last year model onto anyone anymore? Well, no, no. Well, it was still a good engine. That's the yeah. thing. It, uh, even though it was 12 months old, mm. the specification, it was still a good engine. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah. But they're not, it's not their best one. Not the well, best now model. it is. Now it is. Now it is. But last year it wasn't. Ferrari get well, the was just yeah, well that, something. Again, yeah. That keep them happy. Well, they're too busy developing their own thing to keep their team going. Mm -hmm. So Their own team. That's different to a customer team. Yes, yes. Okay, so yes. the Sauber Ferrari, tell, tell us, 10th well, place. Look, they're starting off in 10th this year. Look, the, 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 the good thing about them, Alfa Romeo's come back into Formula 1, okay? Yes. So marketing thing, uh, good for the sport. And look, it's great to see that brand back in Formula 1 again. They used to have their own team back 20 years ago, Alfa mm -hmm. Romeo. Um, so it's not, yeah, this Alfa Romeo name, great to see it back in the team. Ah, uh, sorry, the sport. And the interesting thing about Sauber is they, they were going to sign with Honda. They had a contract with Honda uh, for this year, okay? But last year when they appointed this new boss, Frederick Vassar, uh, he got appointed as a new Sauber boss, I think, around July or August. And the, the very next day, he tore up that Honda contract and kept the Ferrari 
and uh, the Ferrari one. And I think that was the within the view of that later on we got the announcement that Alpha was coming back in. So I think behind the closed doors there, Ferrari was saying, listen, get rid of this Honda thing because we want to, you know, we'll support you technically. We're going to give you the latest spec and all the rest of it. And we, we they wanted this brand Alfa Romeo back into Formula One. So it was got to by the Italians then, Mark. You got, uh, yes, you got a whisper. By the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whisper. <laughs> yeah. Tear so, up the Honda contract. Yeah. The Italians. Because yeah, Honda, Honda's had a bad reputation the last three years, and we'll okay. get to them a bit later probably. But um, look, Sauber used to be a, a good, all, good, well-run team uh, back in the day. Uh, small budget, uh, but they, they used to perform pretty good. But um, yeah, so so they're, they're at the back. And look, I, I can't see them moving up. Um, really, the testing wasn't going too well for them when they were there testing a month ago. Um, their drivers, look, Marcus Ericsson, this is his fifth year in F1. He brings a lot of money to the team. Yet to show any real promise, I think, uh, in his career. He hasn't set the world on fire. Um, and he's got a new teammate this year, Charles Le- Le- Leclerc. Um, and he won the GP2 title last year. And look, Ferrari's from the Ferrari Driver Academy. So he's pretty much tipped to be the Ferrari's next big thing. Um, they're looking to him to be, you know, the post Vettel career. Uh, so he'll probably replace Ferrari, uh, replace Kimi next year at Ferrari. We'll see how he goes. Um, but look, these young drivers that they come in, they dominate GP two, and they come in and they sort of, you know, they they find their feet not so good at the start. Some of them, but because you know, they're all they're all getting measured against Max Verstappen, who just came in and set the world on fire two years ago. He just he skipped GP2 totally, but yeah, more about him later. But um, yeah, so they're the two drivers for Sauber. There's Charles um, Leclerc. But if the, oh, it's going to be all about him this year, what he can do in that car. Because look, all great drivers, Sam, will, it's always been about the car in Formula One, but mm-hmm. they'll shine, they'll bring that car up. They'll right. bring that car up. And when I say bring that up, it's about the gap between your team, mate. Okay, so here's this rookie. He's a rookie. He's coming in against a guy who's been there for five years. Okay, so if he can put him in the shade straight away, that tells you, okay, this kid's good. So Marcus Ericsson is a bit under pressure because he's yeah. Well, look, uh, he, he is, he is, and look, funnily enough, I think Ferrari wanted behind closed doors. They wanted to put another Italian in there as well, Giovinazzi, who mm-hmm. was a test driver of theirs. So they wanted two Italians. Uh, sorry, the clerks from Monaco, by the way, mm-hmm. but they wanted to get uh, Giovinazzi in there as well. But yeah, this is they've got one guy in there. Um, and that's what these these customer teams are like. They're usually like stepping stones for for the bigger teams to put a driver in there, see how he goes. If he's any good, maybe we'll give him a go. You know, nice training ground. Pretty does, much, pretty much. Does he wear the um, the yellow and black L number plate? No, there's no L plate, Sam. Formula <laughs> One, okay. <laughs> There's but, no uh, L like we got that to put on no, the back of our car. No, no. no some red, some of them have a, some of them have probation when they've come in. You know <laughs> the P, the red P. No, nah, no red P, mate. Red P. <laughs> that would be pretty funny to see. Okay. All right, next team ninth position was the McLaren Honda. McLaren, look, they have got a rich history in Formula One. Um, look, they had that Honda engine for three years. It just they just couldn't get it right for some reason. Honda, it was sad to see. Um, they've switched to Renault this year having Renault engines, which is pretty good because that's what the Red Bulls had uh, and, and the uh, factory team as well. And look, they've gone pretty aggressive with their design to try and make up for their their, their poor showing these past three years. Um, they had a little bit of trouble in testing with, with, with a few things. There's some minor issues with the packaging of the engine there. Uh, but look, they'll they'll be at the front of that mid-pack, I think, fighting, okay? Um, that's the McLaren. The well, McLaren? they're no longer the Honda. It's, no, it's they, rare. No, so it's... it's 
for Honda to um, you know not do too well over the last Look, three years for Hondas of, of Honda's history. Well, this of is it. Everyone thought Honda, you know, Honda Honda dominated this sport once upon a time. Um, they know how to build engines, but for some, whatever reason, this new form they just couldn't get their head around this new hybrid formula, which was shock, a shock to many. And so, funnily enough, they've down the Toro Rosso, which we'll get to later, and they've been flying and testing. They've been reliable because the, other, the problem with the Honda was they just weren't reliable. There was two things. They weren't just not performing with performance. The engine kept blowing up or mm. having engine problems. So there was just, they just couldn't get any laps out of this car for three years. It was, it was embarrassing. It, was, it really was embarrassing, you know. So something had to give there. They just couldn't – McLaren couldn't risk another year with that engine because they've got Alonso, who's regarded as the best driver on the grid by many um, – he, he would have walked and maybe the team might have fallen over. So, look, to Alonso, he doesn't seem fussed about what happened in testing. He just wants to race. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see. Just If you give him any sort of car, if, if he gets a sniff of anything, look out. He's just in and out. He's, he's up there. So, um, and look, his teammate Stoffel Van Dorn, this is his, uh, I think, his third year. And he was a GP2 champion as well a couple of years ago. Dominated there as well. But he's been up against it because having the Honda engine, in the back of his car, there's always been issues with the car. Whenever they got updates, they always put on Alonso's car first. So never got a real true gauge in some sense. But look, he made a couple of mistakes last year, I thought. Um, for someone who's a GP2 champion, you probably wouldn't expect that. Nothing major, but just, again, everyone's measuring, we're all measuring these guys to Max Verstappen. That's what that's what this is all about, you know. They're talking about what they're doing the junior formulas, but they got to come. Max has come in and just gone bang straight away, and that's what we want to see from these guys if they're to be these next eight and centers, Lewis Hamiltons and Vettel type drivers. Okay, but um, yeah, well, in- interesting year for for McLaren having Swiss engines. Um, they'll definitely be at the front of the mid pack, I think. Yeah, another customer team. Is that the Haas? Haas, yeah, Gene yeah. Haas. He's American yes. uh, from uh, NASCAR. Um, so he's got a pretty big operation. Got a pedigree of his own back in America. Um, and he made the bold prediction before testing that they'd have to, they need to be within half a second of Ferrari. People laughed at that, but they have been the surprise of testing. They might be in that mid-pack. The only thing that's going to stop them is probably development, okay? But in testing, they were flying. They were, they were consistent. They were going pretty quick. Um, so they they might be they might be up there, you know. They might leapfrog a lot of teams actually at the start because the car just seems to be really, you know, just really really planted uh, and stuff. And their drivers, Kevin Magnussen, look, he's been in Formula One a few years. So is Roman Grosjean. Uh, Grosjean's always had a bit of brake issues. He needs to get his head around that just the way he brakes because again, he's always he's always on the radio carrying on about his brakes how they're not working or overheating whatever but yeah it seems to be more his problem than the car's problem because the other guys aren't having any issues but look out for them they're, they're, they're definitely the surprise of the pack okay I think they'll be up there at the start but for them as the season goes on like all these t- lower teams Sam it's about the development yes. it's, it's like an arms race there's, there's the car at the start of the year and then there's development war through the season that really finds out who, who can keep producing, you know, making this car go faster, faster, just tweaking it that bit more. Because I've always said this, the car you start with in Melbourne, you know, let's say, let's say that tomorrow they're doing 129s, okay? If you bought that same car back here in November, they'd probably do 126s, okay? So they, these cars literally gain up to, you know, two or three seconds as the season goes on, over the season, sorry. So they're refining... Yeah, always, always, always. There's, always. there's always ways to make this F1 car go fast. It's just, it's just development, wind tunnel, 
little parts you're trying. There's always just in, the innovation is the word. The innovation is endless. So the actual, can I just ask you regarding Haas? You said he was from uh, NASCAR. Yes, yes. Pedigree. Who is he? Well, Haas. Gene Haas. Yes. Okay. So he's, he's got his own NASCAR team. Yep. Um, you know, big corporation over there in America runs, you know, runs a, quite a quite a big operation. And and you know, he wanted to decide to try his luck in Formula One. Mm. Came in, uh, and he's actually employed a guy, Gustav Stunner, who used to be at Sauber, funnily enough, because of his Formula One experience. Uh, and he set up the operation for Haas, um, for Formula One. They managed to score the Ferrari engine, being the customer team. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but now they're getting the latest spec. And plus the way this car's handling it, they 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 they'll make. I think they'll make the biggest inroads of anybody this year, uh, from that from that bottom group, if that's the word there. But um, yeah, look out because in testing they they'll going really well. You know, it you can't read between the lines too much with testing there, but the car just seems to be responding really well to the drivers' liking. So, Gene Haas. Gene Haas, yes. Gene Haas. Now. Yes. I just want to go quickly when you mention about the was it Grosjean who was Grosjean. complaining about his brakes and yeah, stuff well, like just, that. Yeah, well, just yeah, just just yeah. Uh, the Look, Grosjean gets everyone makes fun of him. Like he he, he whinges the most out of all the Formula One drivers. No, he does. He, he just gets uh, on. Even like, even when it's even when accidents are his fault, he's already blaming the other guy. And yeah, it's just. Would he be a good jockey, Mark? Is he? Because they're always good at making excuses. Look, the jockeys. If he was a jockey, he'd be in the <laughs> stewards' room. He would, he would, you know what, He's, he'd probably get banned 10 race meetings at a time, okay? Wouldn't say the cup carnival, Sam. So he'd come back after 10 and he'd be, he'd be back. And he'd be back again it. for another 10. Right. Put it this way, the head steward would be saying, not you again. <laughs> not you again. What's his first name? Roman. Roman. Hello, Roman, Roman Grosjean. Yeah. If you walked into him, look, he's fast. Way. He's a fast driver. He was in the Lotus a couple of years ago. Um, could have won Monaco in that Lotus, actually, if he didn't. Yeah, balls up at the start, being too aggressive. But um, yeah, just, just, yeah. All right, it's just got to settle down. So let's move in. Thank you, Roman. Have a good luck this weekend. The junior Red Bull side, Mark, up moving up the constructor standings from twenty. Well, Rosso. Now look, Toro see, Rosso. look, beautiful name. You know, everyone thought they were committing Formula One suicide taking that Honda engine. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but you got to go behind the scenes here. And the, the bigger picture is this, uh, um, you know. They had a chance to grab this engine and Red Bull being the senior team, well, okay, let's put the engine in your car. If it goes any good, then we'll grab it for ourselves next year, okay? Because Red Bull are using a customer engine like everyone else is, apart from Ferrari and Mercedes, okay? But whereas Honda is an outright factory factory engine. Correct, yeah. Okay, yep. so given how bad the Honda experience has been, by having in the Toro Rosso, the bigger picture here is, is okay, Red Bull got one eye on this engine and they'll be watching the progress of this team as it goes on. And the, ironically enough, in testing, they did a heap of laps. The car, was, it was reliable. So McLaren had a few issues in testing and Toro Rosso was flying. So this is the irony here. So people are now starting to ask the question, well, maybe it was the McLaren car that was uh, contributing to the Honda breakdowns. This, the relationship there, because these are partnerships. You know, the relationship may be talking to each other, just wasn't... This is what the speculation has been since, since because it's got in the back of this Toro Rosso, this Honda, and it's just been bulletproof in a sense. Like it's just they were doing laps every day, no problems, no issues, plenty of feedback. And the guy, the the boss at Toro Rosso, Franz Toss, the team boss, he's come out and made a bold statement saying, "By the end of the year, we'll finish in front of Renault, the factory team." So that's just trying to stick it to the Renault <laughs> engine. Be very interesting because last year they had the Renault engine, okay, 
Uh, look, their two drivers, Pierre Gasly, French. He was a GP2 champion a couple of years ago. Again, dominated the series, okay? And Brendan Harley, they actually came in late last year in this team because uh, there was a lot of toing and froing with the two drivers that they had last year. One of them was Carlos Sainz, so he switched to Renault late in the season. Uh, and the other driver was... Um, oh, his name just escapes me at the moment. Uh, he's a throw test driver now. Oh, Kvyat. So Daniel Kvyat. Um, yeah, they ran out of patience with him. So... Ironically, these two drivers walked into a uh, a bit of a barn because the car was having penalty after penalty after penalty. So that wasn't their fault because when they have penalties, engine penalties, the driver suffers, so a 10-grid penalty. But, you know, clean slate, clean slate for both of them. Um, and look, probably Gasly's eyeing out the Red Bull seat should something happen there with, with Daniel Ricciardo. The senior team. Yeah, so this, this is yep. the, the domino effect, the musical chairs, as mm -hmm. we call it, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But... Daniel Ricciardo pretty much holds the key to the market there. We'll get to him a bit later. But, yeah, so the the, the, Toro Rossi, the interest for Toro Rosso this year is that Honda engine. If it does get stronger, powerful-wise, well, they could move up and that'll that'll be rebel. Oh, look at this, you know, this engine. And then, then ironically enough, do McLaren then say, well, okay, we want you back now. <laughs> yeah. I know we've got divorced, but yeah. let's, let's – can we <laughs> – that's why it's been Let's, nice relationship, yeah, bro, Anna. Yeah. Get together. Can I ask? I'm going to jump, but I want to go That's back fine. to Renault. The Red Bull Racing Team, the senior team, you call yes. them, right? Tag Heuer. Uh, yeah. Whose engine do they have? Renault. They got Renault in yeah. there, but right. they've they've rebadged it. Call it Tag Heuer. So it's actually not called. <laughs> the Renault's called Tag Heuer. The engine. I know that sounds silly, but they've they've got Tag Heuer to sponsor. Yeah. Uh, it's all. It doesn't make sense in one sense, but does it have to? No, 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 it's all about the money. It's all about the dollar, Sam. So that's the Toro Rosso taken care of. And then next up in the constructors, now we're going further up. One, two, three, four, fifth. In sixth spot was the Renault. Again, Renault did well in testing. Yes. Okay, but just, just on the, this is the Renault factory team, okay? Look, they had a lot of engine problems last year in all their cars, okay? Um, yeah, a lot of DNFs. I mean, do not finishes is what that means. And, you know, you know the Max Verstappen had a bad run of luck there last year but probably six seven races in a row or maybe not we just the car just kept breaking down then Ricciardo had some bad luck both Renault engine Renault drivers had bad luck the Toro Rosso was breaking down predominantly in a lot of races okay so this is where they they copped a lot of flack from their cust the two customer teams saying well, what what's going on here You've got to fix this you know but they've just found that hard they're, they're coming from a long way back they're coming off a long run Sam as they said they're trying to catch up to the Ferrari and the Mercedes okay and this year, just quickly, um, they've been affected more than anyone, I reckon. Last year, we had four engines per 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 uh, car. Yep. Okay? And that had to last the whole season. So once once you used the fourth engine, if you used any more than four on the different components, then you start getting penalties, grid penalties. Right. Okay? Yep. This year, they've changed the rules. They've gone down to three engines. And this year, there's an extra race. We'll get to that in a minute, but... So last year it went from five races for per engine. Now this year is going to be seven races per engine. So they've had to make them more reliable mm -hmm. and try and keep the performance. Okay. Now Ferrari and Mercedes have done pretty good with that, but I think Renault have struggled the most. And Renault tried to lobby with the FIA late last year to say, can we keep the four-engine rule, please? You know, because this will be the interesting thing going forward for them this year. Okay? And they've actually come out and said, for the first half of this year, their engine is going to be detuned. Okay. Yes. Until they get that performance where they want it and it's going to be reliable because it will just be too embarrassing if the season starts off and any one of these six cars, either the two McLarens, the two Renaults, the two Red Bulls, 
just keep breaking down. It's just PR disaster, PR disaster. Renault are trying to come up as a constructor. Yes, they're happy to have their engine in other cars because it's good for them, but yeah, they just can't continue like they did last year. So that's going to be probably the biggest interest there with, with their engine when it does come on. Uh, look, as for their drivers, you've got Nico Hulkenberg. You know, been a solid driver over the years. He's just had a bit of bad luck with, you know, he's been in the sport a few years now. Um, just needs just needs a rub of the green. You know, hasn't got a podium yet. You know, might be around the corner for him. And, and Carlos Sainz, who's a gun, who was um, in the Toro Rosso. Again, he moved from Toro Rosso because he was sick of playing second fielder. He wanted to get up to the senior team. No room up there at the moment. And again... Is he in the box seat to get the Red Bull drive if Daniel decides to move? He probably is. It'd be his choice. Does he stay at Renault if they come up, or does he say, no, nah, I'm going back up? This is, this is again, these are all the off-track sort of um, days of our lives, things that go on in Formula 1, Sam, yeah, that nice. make the sport really okay. interesting, okay? Yep, but yep. I think I think they'll be in the p- fight with McLaren mm-hmm. for that battle of the mid-pack, okay? So it'll be them and McLaren fighting together. They've got the same engine, uh, four quality drivers, Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and then maybe that husk can get in there too. You just, yeah, yeah. Can I ask you something? If you were Renault, Mister yep. Renault, you had your own team, yeah, the Renault team. Yes, but then you would, um, you're also supplying engines. Are you supplying them the same one, or if you knew of something special, would you keep it for yourself? Well, like I said to you, Sam, this is why those these teams were getting second spec engines. Yes, but now it's free for all. So, so that, that that's that, now okay. that's a rule now. The effort, this only this only happened a month ago. They so said Renault, no, no. From okay. now on, everyone gets the same spec engine that's because it. the fear was, and this is the thing. Red Bull have got an incredible designer. His name's Adrian Newey. Um, yeah, they they won the championship four years on the trot back in the early part of this decade but Renault got no credit because they had a Renault engine then mm. but it was all about the car oh my god this car because it was on rails it took corners so quickly so it was all about this Adrian Newey who is an uh, incredible designer okay but Renault never got any credit for any of that and soon as this became an engine formula soon as the Red Bull wasn't performing well Red Bull was saying oh they're just pointing the finger to and oh your engine's no good and uh, well hang on a second well, well it's good enough to be in the back of your car when you're Winning all those titles, and there was a year there, again almost had a divorce, where Renault Renault came out and said, "Oh, they're trying to tell us how to build our engines. You know, they'll go more aggressive design. Well, you you build your car, we'll stick to what we know." So, and Red Bull went shopping for Ferrari engines and Mercedes engines. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's going to give Red Bull a Mercedes engine or Ferrari engine because the they're renowned just for being the best chassis, because uh, of their pedigree designer that is Adrian Newey. Um, and again, let's see this Renault if it could match the horsepower performance of the Mercedes. Look, it, it could be on, you know. And look, even even in testing, we're getting ahead here with the Red Bull there. But even even um, yeah, they, it's good enough now almost, even without the horsepower. So, but yeah, back to the Renault. Back to your question. Look, it's an interesting one because you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, we're we're getting embarrassed here by a customer team. Why are we giving them our engine? But I suppose that's the aspiration, isn't it? Like, well, hang on a minute. We've got to play the long game and show that we're, we're in this for the long haul. We've got... Renault's had Formula 1 pedigree from previous decades, okay? So they believe that they can probably outperform them one day. And, well, that's yet, yet to be seen. But yeah, that's so probably their, their philosophy, Sam. So they've got to swallow their pride. Yeah, well, the they have game. done for a while. Yes. And, and they'll do so again this year because yep. Red Bull is still in front of them by way. Okay, but towards the end of the year, we'll, we'll see, you know? 
It's this, the, I think it's what makes 2018 season very interesting. There's a lot of interesting aspects to the season, okay, from, from all parts, okay, because Renault's coming up. Yeah, McLaren's got a decent engine now. Huss has been a surprise. Um, and we've got to the force into I think Williams is next on... Williams is next, and it's a very interesting couple of drivers because when I was talking to you earlier, you're talking about money gets them into these seats, Mark. Look... Williams, you know, Mercedes. Oh, oh, tell just me. quickly, back to McLaren. McLaren hadn't had a title sponsor for like five years or four years, which is unheard of. You know, they, they were one of the biggest sponsored teams back in the previous decade. So the fact that these cars, Huss is another one, hasn't got a title sponsor. You know, so they're running off the money that the support provides. They've got minor sponsors here and there. Now Williams, you know, they just quickly. The team sell their, their space, adver advertising space, for a certain amount of money. And, yes. th and there's a premium. So they'll say, you know what, it's $10 million for the rear wing. Well, it's probably not that, probably $2 million. But the engine cover's worth, you know, 6 or $7 million or something. So some teams will say, no, that's what it is. If you want to be a spot, that's what it is. Well, Williams went down a path a couple of years ago. You know what, it's better to have something than nothing. So Martini, the the drink, yes. they, they came on board and... They, they were so-called total sponsors, but it was nowhere near what it should have been. But guess what? The car looked great, and it helped Martini out. Well, they're, now, now they're, they're, they're ending their sponsorship at the end of this year. So back to your question about the money driving, uh, sorry, money drivers. It's been forever that history there, the last 20, 20 years, where drivers will come with backing. Okay, right. And once yes. upon a time, it used to be an average driver or below average driver that would get backing. Okay? And he'd crash the car, this and that. Everyone make the joke. You know, there's a driver company named Pastor Maldonado. Well, they've got a YouTube channel dedicated to him where just, they just show all these crashes. He just crashed from one guy to another, to another, to another, but just silly driving. And the joke used to be, well, okay, all the money he's bringing is to pay to get the car fixed, <laughs> you know, pretty much. But now it's to the point where there's talented drivers who have got backing, okay? So this, this Sorokin... Uh, is one of their drivers. He's a Russian. He's come from, again, he's come from GP2. He didn't win the championship last year, but, you know, he did okay. And he's got a, you know, something in the vicinity of $20 million coming to the team. His teammate, Lance Stroll, is a Canadian driver. Uh, his dad, um, got plenty. Lawrence. Um, Lance. Plenty. I, I think his dad, you know, very wealthy man. Okay. But guess what? You know, Lance didn't do much in his junior days, supposedly, but he, he had a solid year last year. Everyone thought, you know, it was he was going to you know be be a crash specialist at the start there, but he, he kept his nose clean. If anything, he had a bit of bad luck at the start where people crashed into him. Unfortunately, he got a podium there one race. Um, but he had a senior driver, Felipe Massa, who retired, was helping him out, took him under his wing and showed him the rope, so to speak, and got him. Now there's two rookies in that team, and the interesting decision that they've made is is they're going to give them two race engineers each. Every driver's got a race engineer. Well, they're going to get two race engineers each. Okay, to try and just fast, fasten their development. So, look, the, there was a Cinderella story. There's a driver named Robert Kubica, Polish guy. He had a rally accident about six years ago, severed his arm. His Formula 1 career finished. He managed to regain some strength in that arm and his hand and became a rally driver again, okay? He jumped an F1 car late last year and tested it. Did pretty good. Had another test uh, in the last year and people thought he was going to get this drive, okay? But... End of the day, look, he could probably only muster up eight to ten million, if that. But they're always going to go for the bigger money. Now he's he's got he's going to be the reserve driver. But let's see how that car goes this year. Okay, testing it did okay. I mean, look, they said it had some handling problems, just wasn't turning in properly and stuff. But a lot of people expect him to get into that car at some point this year, Kubica, because 
before he had his injury, he, he was he was literally a, he, he 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 was the next big thing. Mm. Okay, um, yeah, as good as Lewis Hamilton, Alonso, they reckon he was the best from that generation. The talk was he was the best from that generation, including Alonso and Hamilton. Okay, so now yeah, you watch that space. Now you mentioned each each uh, driver or pilot. Well, pilots. Okay, yeah, well, driver, yeah, pilot, yeah. They so. got two engineers each. Well, no, they, that's just Williams. Right. Because, those, because they're so inexperienced. Yeah. They got, they're right. So there are teams within a team. Yes, yes. So you got two, yes, yes. So every, you got two drivers per team yes. here. Um, they're pretty much at each other as well, aren't they? They're competing Look, against the, each the other. The only, the only opposition you've got in Formula One is your teammate because he's got the same equipment as you. And that's how you, that's how ultimately how you measured, okay? So if before you can think about being a great driver, you got to go, you got to beat the guy in the garage next to you, mm-hmm. okay? And that's where there's no hiding. There's no hiding. You know, when you see these disparity performance differences, yeah, you, know, you might say, oh, you know, the car wasn't handling right. You know, and every driver has some issues on given weekends, but over a period of a, over a course of a season, if it keeps happening for whatever reason, well, hang on a second, how come this guy, you know? And look, the legend that is the legend that is Michael Schumacher. I'll just divert if I yep, can, Sam. Of course. You know, there was a, a driver named Bertrand Gachot. He was French, okay, and he was driving down London. I think it was London. He got pulled over by the police, and he decided to use pepper spray to the policeman. Okay, okay yeah, yeah okay. Uh, interesting. And so they arrested him and put him in jail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, by the way. It's a true story. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> okay. So he was in jail. Yeah. And there was a Grand Prix coming up. And uh, Jordan was the team at the time. Yeah. Eddie Jordan had yeah. his own team. Okay. Uh, Jordan Racing. And he came from a junior team to build his own Formula 1 team. So he had a Formula 3 team and came up. Anyway, they needed this driver. Quick, smart. Now, well, who are we going to get? You know, he did some ringing around this and that. Rang up this guy named Willie Weber. There's a German manager and stuff. He goes, I've got this guy named Schumacher, right? He goes, oh, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. And Schumacher was driving in sports cars at the time for Mercedes, right. funnily enough. Yep. Mercedes-Benz, being German, they had a mm-hmm. junior team. Mm-hmm. Benlinger was one, another driver there. So, and Helen told Fritzen. And so anyway, um, they gave Schumacher a test at Silverstone. Chucked him in the case, 20 years old, 21, whatever. Flying around Silverstone, Okay. And they used to do this little test track at Silverstone where they use witch, uh, witches' hats to shorten the track if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that that was the marker to say don't use if you go right of it. So does that make? You know, I'm, I hope this makes sense. So the yep. track it wasn't the full track; it was right, right. half the track. That's right. So when he came out on the lap thing, they thought he was going over the witches' coat, witches' hats, because he was going so fast. Okay, so that they were so impressed with the test, they said, "Well, we're going to chuck him in the race seat." And he rang up Willie Webb and he said, "Oh, has you driven Spa before?" Oh, yeah, 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 he has, yes. He hadn't. <laughs> he hadn't. Cut a long story short, he debuted that car. He put it six on the grid. Oh, sorry, it was seventh on the grid. Okay? So his teammate, Andrew DeTresurus, had been in that car the whole year. Okay? And here's this kid come out of nowhere, dropped into the seat on the, on the best track in Formula One, a dual driver's track, Spa Frankentrons, and just put it in seventh straight away. Okay, he was a talk of the town after qualifying because he was behind all the greats, Senna, Prost, Mansell, Berger, Alacy, Patrese. These are the drivers that were in front of him on the grid. So he weren't going to get any higher than that in this Jordan, which was a clean car. It was mm-hmm. a great handling car. And when the race started, because it was, you know, in sports cars as rolling starts, 
he wasn't used to the clutch and stuff. So he burnt his clutch out and he was out at the second corner. He got to the top of Eau Rouge and he conked out. Oh, sorry, pulled off the track. But it was a, be- it was a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. because, look, he might have got a podium, who knows, but he, his debut was that sensational. He'd done enough up until that weekend. The very next race, he was in the Benetton. Okay. Okay? And the rest is history. So he was in. Be- he, he went to the Benetton um, against Nelson Piquet, Triple World Champion. Yes. And straight away, just was... Was shot outshining him. Okay, delivered the goods. And this is this is where the legend of Michael Schumacher was born. You know, taking a chance on this rookie, um, never seen the track before. Um, yeah, so that was just digressing there as to as to. So a driver's goal in theory is to beat your teammate, regardless. That is their first goal first of priority. the day. You've beat got, your if you teammate. can't, yeah, you, you've got to beat your teammate. That's regardless. Yeah, beat your teammate. And then so there's two. Back to your thing. It's two teams within a team, mm. two teams more or less, yep. more or less. Yep. Okay, yep. and when it gets tense, and there's been F1's little in history, especially over the last thirty years, where um, it's like a wall goes up between the garage. Where yeah, literally, okay. it's two individual teams within the team where yep. they ain't sharing information. They don't, yeah. Because you know they they all sit in the room together like we're sitting in here with their engineers, t- going over data, trying to make the car go faster. So they they're conversing with each other. Trying to get the best out of this car, mm. so you're getting, you're getting two opinions on how the car is, okay, and the whole goal is to try and improve that car. So two heads are better than one, so to speak, right. okay. But then you got little secrets that you might think, like, this is my little trick, you know. But some teams make the information available. Now it's become pretty much status quo that all the teams see. So each driver sees the other driver's telemetry. So if you and me would, if you and I were teammates. Mm-hmm. I could get your telemetry and say, well, look, through turn three here, Sam's braking 20 metres later than what I am. That's where he's making up the time. So I can go on my next lap and go, well, I'm going to try and brake maybe not 20 metres later, but a little bit later mm-hmm. and see what that does. And that's how I can improve my – well, that's not really fair to you in the sense because that that's – wouldn't I say not fair? You've set up your car, whatever, to get that niche happening for you through that series of corners. You've worked out a way to get the handle – you know, am I making sense here? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden I just come along and say – Thank you. You know, so this is where it's it's lost a bit of its art there, mm. okay? Because once upon a time, you know, it was it was closed closed shop and that, but now it's just open slather. So does this happen for every team now? Was I, it, is this I, been look, something that's written down saying, "Listen, you got to share to make look, yourself it's more, better"? I think it's more, yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much. It, the competition has become so intense within each team against other teams that it's all about making that car go faster. So right. to have both cars up there. You know, and more so recently with Mercedes who have dominated. When they had Nico Rosberg there, it was they've been equal treatment, and they shared all this stuff. And um, yeah, and it's this, yeah, so it's been it's been common practice for a few years. Yet. But back a while back, that wasn't. It was like, nah, what's well, mine is mine. This is how I'm doing my thing. That's your thing. You work it out. Force India. Let me hear. Look, Force India and Williams. Force Force India again. They finished what fourth last fourth, year. Fourth years. They've been very fortunate, if that's the word. Williams Williams finished third two years in a row, a couple of years ago, and and the higher up you finish, you get more money the following year from the from the governing body because you get more points, you get a, a big spurge of money to spend. Okay, mm. so it's harder to maintain to keep getting that sort of money. This is why teams fall away in the sense because they're not getting the money they're used to, and then they've got to tighten the budget and they've got to make cuts and they can't develop this and that. But since this engine formula started, Williams and Force India have been very fortunate. They've had the Mercedes engine, has been the best engine up until last year where Ferrari improved, okay? So this is where they're up against it, both these teams, okay? Now, for 
for Force India, I mean, they're going to do a name change. We still don't know what it is. Um, they yeah, changed the name for, I don't know what no one knows it's going to be, but it's not going to be Force India apparently. Before Melbourne. Well, apparently, this is what everyone's talking of. But it's it, look, they had an incredible year last year. They built a very clean car. And look, in testing was so so that their real car would debut in Melbourne. They they you know again budget restrictions of their development have delayed uh, with with their car debuting. So they're going to have all their updates in Melbourne. But yeah, it's going to be very hard for them to finish fourth or fifth this year. Okay, with Renault coming up, McLaren coming up. Look, they still may. They've got two very good drivers. Um, and look, the cars have it's always been a good car, the Force India, okay. But you know, to back them to finish fourth this year, odds are against them, odds are against them. But love to see it because you know, they're punching bottom line, Tim Sam, they're punching above their weight, they've been punching above their weight for quite a while, but it's been with the help of that Merck engine, okay. And look, as for their drivers, Esteban Ocon, he's a Mercedes driver, he'd be looking to audition for that Mercedes seat should Bottas not perform. Um, but again, he's he's a bit in that. Grosjean mould, get out of my way, sort of thing. He, they crashed three or four times last year. And I believe it was Ocon's fault every time. That's just my opinion on it, I suppose. And Sergio Perez, he's a very good race driver on the Sunday. He's good looking after his tyres. Mm-hmm. So they they they, they, they tend to qualify apart by three or four spots. You know, Ocon always been the one up the front, but at some point in the race, twenty laps in, they seem to be next to each other. However, it pans out because one pit, it just, that's been fascinating on, on, on that level of those two. But um, yeah, look, uh, interesting time ahead for, for, for Force India this year um, to try and repeat the fourth position they did last year. But um, up against it, but they do have that Merck engine. But yeah, yeah, hard call that one. Hard call. The big three. Well, yeah, look, the big three, here we go. You know, Red Bull. Red Bull, yeah. Red Bull, look. Rebel finish a year strong, okay. Uh, car look good during testing, okay. Uh, and look, the 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 team manager Christian Horner, he's gone on to record as saying that he'd rather have the engine power f- on full at the start of the year mm-hmm. and do the engine penalty and go for a fourth engine. That's his version of trying to fight for this championship because they think they're close. They, you know, you know what? We're we're, we're close. We're, we're nearly there. In, and they sort of are in a way. The way they finished last year uh, with Max driving strong in, in Mexico, winning that race, and, and Dan winning in, win in Baku, and, and I think Max won again in Malaysia. It was had a, had a one-two there, I think, for memory. Um, you know, they, they, they're getting close again to getting back to the front. And look, they always go the most aggressive strategies. This is what Red Bull are renowned for. Okay, They just throw caution to the wind. Why should you play the same game the other two are playing, IFRA and Mercedes? Let's go something different. You know what? We might bomb out and finish fifth, but guess what? If it comes good, we might get the win or get a second. So they're even closer again. So they expect a strong, expect aggressive strategies from them, but they're looking actually pretty good after testing, okay? And talk is maybe from what I've, all the stuff I've been reading and stuff that they're a chance this weekend, you know, to upset the cart there. Uh, they're they're going to start real strong, I think. Um and again, the other thing as the year goes on for them is look, that one eye on the Honda engine for them, okay? Uh, look, as for their drivers, I mean, look, Max Verstappen, I've spoken to him a bit already. He's just coming to F1 ugh, like a lightning bolt, okay? Came in, drove the Toro Rosso, got his chance at Red Bull, won his first race at Red Bull, straight out. Just came in, they promoted him with after four races into the senior team and went bang, won the Spanish Grand Prix. And it was like, you know, and he, the way he drives... 
it's like he's been driving 20 years. He's calm, he's managed, he doesn't make stupid mistakes. He got in trouble in his first year the way he was blocking, but that's just the junior formula, how they're breeding him now. They, these guys put their elbows out, they'll just cut people off and... They're, they're, bringing, they're bringing it to Formula 1, but now Formula 1's finally clamped down, said, no, you can only move once in the braking zone because there was literally an aeroplane crash waiting to happen with him a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He blocked Kimi a couple of times. He'd done, he done some pretty daunting moves to stay in front, which wasn't real driver etiquette going by the way these guys drive. I mean, they, you know, they, at 300 kilometres an hour, you're putting your life in someone else's hands, you know. So, look, he... he yeah, he'd be looking for a big year, obviously. And look, the other one, Dan Dan Ricciardo. This 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 is the driver market. It all sits with Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, he's a bit up. He's up against it against Max this year. Um, he's renowned for his qualifying, um, and Ma- great overtaker. Just dive bombs from way back, and this is where he surprises a lot of people. Yeah, he'll come from way back when the driver's least expecting it. Chuck it up the inside, outbreak himself even, but still maintain comes out the corner the other side in front. So. The fact that Max got on top of him last year in qualifying was a bit of a concern. Um, but, yeah, Dan will try and regroup. Um, he's always giving it his all, heart and a sleeve. That's, yeah, that's your Aussie, you know, Aussie, you know, Aussie way there, the way he sort of applies himself. That's what we want to see in the sportsman, Sam, when it comes to Australia there. But um, does he stay at M- M- Red Bull? This is the thing. He's If Max gets the better of him, well, does he play second fiddle to Max going forward? You know, you can go to Ferrari, I suppose, knock on their door. Would they take him? Well, that depends on the Sebastian Vettel situation. Um, if he's not successful, they might say, no, nah, let's get him in here as well. Mercedes, if um, Bottas doesn't perform like Mercedes want him to, every chance, you know, but it's going to be his. And the int- I think the interesting thing that's been announced, Red Bull have said there's a deadline for Ricciardo, that we don't know when it is, but the time will pass. They might have said something. Listen, if you're not signed by May, we'll just say that's the time. We'll make the announcement. So they've they've given him the time to make this decision, but that's the, we just don't know when it is. So they definitely want to keep Daniel. Look, of course they do, mm. but at the same time, they're not fussed either because mm. they've got Carlos Sainz in the wings. Gasly might come good in their Toro Rosso. You know, it's an interesting one. You know, but um, yeah, they 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 definitely want to keep him. So of all the teams, that, that's the, probably the best driver lineup. Yeah, that's okay. what I was going to say. Of all the teams, those two are the strongest. Yes, pair. that's the strongest pair in Formula One, no, no doubt. So the best racing, regardless, is those two yes. against each other. Yes. So we've got to watch these guys closely. Well, yeah. look, it, it just seems that Max, because Max's renown, you can go through the races last year. When the lights go green, because he had a lot of engine penalties last mm-hmm. year, he was starting like thirteenth, fourteenth, and after like. The, the first lap, he's up to fifth. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he's driving like a PlayStation on the first lap. He goes on the outside. He'll come on the inside. He just And when they show the on board, it just makes it look so easy, mm-hmm. the way he's driving. So, you know, when they're both at the front or near the front, you know, and look, they, they actually had a run-in last year at Hungary, okay? Max did probably the wrong thing and pushed Daniel off the track, but they're fine for sheep stations here. This is the thing, okay? But the, the other ruling teams, don't take out your teammate, okay? So when you... And this is the th- problem Force India had last year three or four times. Right, okay. Because okay? they kept taking each other out. So that's when they say, you know, well, we're not going to let you race anymore because you're, you're costing us points, which is inevitably money. So it sounds like you're a very big fan of Max. Oh, you look, like his style. Look, As a purist, you like his style. I was a kid and I saw a centre make the boot in the Tolman at Monaco, okay? Then I saw Mika Hakkinen come in, okay, the way he made his debut, okay? Then obviously Schumacher. Then we saw... Uh, Alonso, 
And we saw Kimi Raikkonen, uh, his debut in the Sauber here, you know. And then we saw Lewis Hamilton. So w- when these when these once-in-a-generation guys come in, I've, I mentioned Schumacher earlier, yeah, of course. Of course. You know, when they come in and, and set the world on fire straight away, well, they're destined for greatness. It's just a matter of the timing of the whole thing. Do they get in the right car and, and show their craft? And look, I'll say it again. He, when he... He, he he didn't even have his car license, Sam, when he had his Formula One debut. He was it was like seventeen when he drove Formula so, One. So he wouldn't have been able to put the L plates on if he wanted well, to. Well, it's funny he couldn't even have done that. There you go. Or someone had to sit next to him. Well, in some parts of the world you can get your L plates at sixteen, but yeah, even Adelaide apparently. But uh, yeah, that that was even the, the other ironic thing is that here he was driving a Formula One car and he hadn't got his car license yet. So his father was a Formula One driver, Jos Verstappen, mm-hmm. and um, so obviously, you know and karting but but just the real talent not just uh, a surname because some of them are fathers are sons of fathers and and stuff but no he yeah he when when he came into a formula one and then he got into that red bull seat he drove it like he'd been driving it all his life you know the pressure he was under in that first race from kimmy pushing him and yeah, he showed it's all about the metal the, that metal sam he showed straight away that he's got the poise under pressure to, to keep his cool you know, mm. sounds exciting for the Red Bull. So number two, the Ferrari, the Prince look, Ferrari, Stallion. Look, what do you, you think? Know, Ferrari. Look, Ferrari had a great car last year. Okay, it just, it was just an incredible car. It just, it turned in. It, it really was the, was it the best car? Well, it's debatable. The Merc was the fastest car, but had, you know, a few handling issue problems. I suppose they called it a diva. But look, the Ferrari, you know. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Well, that's neither here nor there now. But it was a great car. Um, they had to do something this year different, I thought. And they have. They've gone a longer wheelbase. Okay? Because I think if they had to just stay where they were, uh, they probably might have got leapfrogged. Okay? So they need to do something different to try and beat this Mercedes. Okay? And they have. They've gone a bit longer wheelbase. Now, the problem with going a longer wheelbase, the car's longer, which means there's more body work, which affects the airflow. So... Their car and testing was really good. Look, they did the fastest times on the softest tyres. Not too much to read into there. But by all accounts, they're starting on the back foot a bit. Okay? But I think if they sort that car, once they finally do unlock the powers of that car, being the longer whip, then look out. Okay? They, they can really take it to, to Mercedes. Okay? Um, and, you know, that might happen straight away here. We don't know what's happened since testing. But, look, they've had to make a change and they have. And that's just to flip the coin. A lot of people thought Mercedes would make a shorter wheelbase car to make a hand like the Ferrari because there were tracks last year where the Mercedes was, was struggling uh, really bad. And they thought, oh, this is the wheelbase, this is the wheelbase. Well, was it or wasn't it? It was neither here nor there. But it actually, Ferrari, need, I think Ferrari needed to do something different to try and overcome the, the might of this Mercedes. And they have, starting on the back foot. Uh, but look... They'll probably they'll get. I'm sure they'll unlock lock lock the 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 problems of it, and when they do, then then look out. But look, Vettel, look, he made some silly mistakes here, as, as I've as I've mentioned. He'll be looking to make amends. Okay, um, look, he's, I think this is his fifth season. He's come there, and it's it's almost like a repeat of the Schumacher days. He's got the German, you know, German driver won these four titles at Red Bull. Uh, it's all about him, and that's why Kimi. Kimmy's been really good to play the second fiddle. Um, yeah, look, I think Kimmy's a bit past it. Um, but he keeps getting contracts every year because he plays the support role to Vettel. Uh, this will be Kimmy's last year, I've got no doubt, okay? 
Uh, look, with with the tyres the way they are getting softer, that would probably suit Kimmy a bit better. Okay, because uh, yeah, he has problems with his front end a bit as he's always had, but he's still good enough to be on the grid, Kimmy. He's not like a has been to that effect. Um, still but pretty quick. But you've retired him, Mark. You're retiring him. Oh, this year for sure. You're giving but, him his but papers. But the funny thing is, three years ago, people thought, no, nah, this is his last year. Oh, he's got another year. This is his last year. So for the last three years, it's been his last year, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But this one will definitely be his last year. I can't see him uh, going another year. After. You know, he's the oldest driver on the grid, okay? How um, old is the oldest 38, driver? 38. Okay. So he's 38. Um, and he look, he left Formula 1 a few years ago to go rally and came back. Lost a bit of speed in the meantime. Probably lost a couple of tens when he came back. Because when you're out of it, he was out of it for like two two years. It's it, it it moves on too quickly. This sport. Now that, back to the shoe. Shoe was out for like three years. It just he came back, still good enough to be a top ten driver, but never that top two or three like he once was. And plus, yeah, the new generation had come on and were dead serious driving uh, drivers. Sorry. So the Ferrari look. Yeah, look, they could win it. Um, it'll, but this make this very clear. It's a one man team. Okay, it's Vettel. It is definitely Sebastian Vettel. It's all geared towards Vettel, okay? So they'll do the sacrificial lamb whenever they have to with Kimi just to make sure Vettel wins, whether it be screwing around Kimi's strategy to stuff up the Mercs or the Red Bulls. Yep, because that's their goal, okay? It's been 10 years since they won, or this will be the 11th one. So they're getting close. It could be this year, you know? So Sebastian Vettel owes Ferrari. Look, I think he does, Mm. okay? Um, They've shown some good faith in him. Paid him some good dollars. Yeah, oh, hello. Yeah, of course. Of course they have. Um, but look, just there was just a few toys of the pram moments last year. Mm. And for a four-time world champion, it, it, that's just not how you, you act, okay? You just don't conduct yourself like that. It just, um, yeah, the Baku one when he, he sort of sideswiped Lewis for thinking he break test. Cost him, his, cost him the win, okay? Would have won that. Vettel would have won that race, hands down. Yeah, you know, could have put more pressure on Hamilton at the time for the championship. We just don't know. But then at the back end there, when the pressure's on, this seems to be the thing with Vettel. When the pressure's on, he seems to wilt a little bit and just make mistakes. And you'd think a guy at that level, uh, that should be ironed out by now, you know. Could Ferrari clean house both drivers out nah, look, if they don't deliver next year? signed for the next, uh, I think, three years. He's got three years after this one, so he's mm. signed on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, nah, that... that uh, if you say worst case scenario for Vettel, it would be that um, I'm just you know surmising this year. But let's say he makes a couple of mistakes this year because he's on the back foot from the start. Um, Maccioni, the big boss, has enough and says, "Listen, we've had it your way all this time. We're getting someone else. Need take it or leave it." So in other words, Ricciardo, you want to come over, jump in, right? Because there's no doubt Vettel won't have a decent drive in that other car for the fear of, you know, getting under his skin. And, and this is why, you know, I admire people like, you know, I suppose Lewis Hamilton's one, Alain Prost going back in the day. They didn't care who was in the other car. You know, no worries. You wanted to come? No problem. And that's, that's what you want. That's, that's what you want. And, and there was talk and there was provisional talks there. That there was a pre-contract two years ago. Ferrari was going that bad that Vettel was going to go to Mercedes. Right. He was going to go and join Lewis at Mercedes. Okay. Look, would have been a great showdown for all of us to see those two in the same car. But there was no veto from Lewis Hamilton's, no, 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 he can't come here. Mm-hmm. You know. But if the other way around, 
it wouldn't be so welcoming if you know if, if it tells and oh, no, you know, not sure about this, you know. So and that's why you know Hamilton. If if you just quick, if you go through history of these drivers, the other reason what makes them so great too is look who they're up against straight away. Like I said, Schumacher, this Tuchezwas guy made him look like a banana from the first race. Went to Benetton. Okay, PK was coming down the mountain. He'd been past his best, but straight away he was outperforming a triple world champion. Okay, Mika Hakkinen, he outqualified Ayrton Senna in his first race. Bang, Ayrton Senna, knockout punch, took on Alain Prost in his own team and won. Mm-hmm. This is how, you know, you become the best by beating the best. Max Verstappen got straight in that Red Bull and was beating Dan Ricciardo. Okay, and then, you know, that, that year was topsy turvy. This is a seesaw that year, but since then, now Max has matured a little bit. Well, he's just gone from strength to strength. So, this is this is how you measure the greats. Not not having your own sort of. It's all about me. No one can beat me. You know, I mean, it works in one way to win the championship, but for yeah, you know, sports all about competition. Sam, you know, why do two? Why do we watch boxing to see one guy beat the other? It's it's because we know one of them is going to win. Correct. You know, but if it's slighted in some way, well, that's that's not real. And look, Vettel's wins last year. A couple of them came out to help him. Wasn't allowed to win Monaco. The Hungary race in Hungary, like Kimi could have passed him, nah, nah, stay where you are, sort of thing. That's how they're geared, but the wins weren't like set the world on fire. Whereas Hamilton's had to struggle, you know, a couple of times, come back from the dead, so to speak, mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. So, anyway, we'll see what happens at Ferrari, but yeah, look, yeah, the, the, yeah, reigning, win it. the reigning champs. Look, Mercedes, ever since they changed it to an engine formula, Sam, they've just, they've just taken this sport by storm, and, you know, they've just built this engine that's just. It's been the class of the field for such a long time, hence why Williams and, and Force India have had so much success with it, okay? Um, looked awesome in testing. The car last year, they used to call it a bit of a diva, if that's mm-hmm. the word for it, because it just, it just, you know, the the window, to operating window for it to work in was very narrow, getting the tyres to work right. It just, but, you know, Lewis Hamilton overcame this and wrestled the car. And basically, there was races Lewis Hamilton won last year he should not have won, Okay. Spa comes to mind, okay? Should not have won that race. Had no right to win that race. No, never mind get the pole there because the fray was flying all weekend around that track, you know? Um, now, guess what? They've managed to iron out those problems by all accounts and testing, what we've seen. So the car now is turning in and it's pretty much handling like the fray was last year. And if anything, the fray was handling like the Merc was last year, if that makes sense. But look, they're the ones to beat. They're built, sounds like the car's very sound, Um they never ran the, the tyre, the softer tyre in the testing. Everyone else did. So they just did all these laps on the medium tyre, pounded out all these laps to collect the data and stuff. Um, yeah, and look, Bottas is a bit under pressure this year. It was his first year last year in the team, got used to the team. He won a couple of races, but he, in the mid-year he fell away, lost his way a bit there. And look, the pressure's on him to raise his game, and he said as much himself. So it's good to hear from him. So say, look, you know what, I need to step up, Okay. And Merck will be expecting him to step up because they're used to having their cars both at the front um, when it was Nico and Lewis at the front there. And so interesting dynamic there. If he doesn't raise his game, um, getting consistent finishes, maybe has to beat Lewis every now and then, so to speak, well, then that's every way for him to keep that seat. But if not, guess what? Pressure's on. Ricciardo comes knocking on the door. Hey, mate, I want to drive for you guys. And I say, you know what? This guy's not performing. Yeah. Come over, mate. So, and look, as for the world champion, Lewis Hamilton, look, he's just gone from strength to strength. Um, he's in the prime of his career. Um, yeah, driving better than ever. He's, I just think he's really matured 
especially last year. He, he went to another level last year. Um, when, when the pressure was on, he, he just delivered like, yeah, he really, he really came to the fore there. And look, this is his you know, 12th season in Formula 1. And look, he's, he's still the fastest guy there. He's still the fastest guy in Formula 1. Um, I think Max is probably the only one that can probably beat him if he's in the same car. That's just my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah, he's the one to beat for the title for sure. So, yeah. So Nico's de- um, Valtteri's definitely no Kimi Raikkonen as far as partner concerned uh, for. Lewis no, well, then, look, the interesting thing that Mercedes look to, to the sports credit uh, to the Mercedes credit, right? So when we had the Schumacher era, it was all about Schumacher. Okay, different was Ferrari's in the doldrums, been for many years. They built that team around one person. It was a built. It was the person that built it around, and sure enough, all the success came. He won five championships in a row, but. The guy in the other car knew his role. He was there to support. Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't mm-hmm. allowed to win races. Well, he did, he, he did win races. He wasn't not allowed. To, but boys, basically, he wasn't allowed to compete. You know, uh, they never got another decent driver in there to compete with Schumacher. Cause it was all about the one guy. Same with Vettel. He had Mark Webber as a teammate. You know, mm-hmm. Mark Webber was the number two. You know, and he knew his role there as well. Mark Webber won races, and there was a year there. Vettel actually had some bad luck as as it happened. You know, crashed, whatever, or DNF, and Weber was going for the championship, funny enough. He got in a position to almost win it. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen as it turned out. Vettel came in the back door and, and, and took it at the last race. But but that that's different to the way Mercedes, we're in this Mercedes domination now, but it's, they've made it say, you know what, we're going to let the, ra- the drivers race. We want this to be fair. We want to put on a show, and they have. So when, when Lewis Hamilton was 10 months with Nico Rosberg, they were equal, okay? And so had, had they made Lewis Hamilton clear number one, look, it, we would have seen what a repeat of Vettel and Schumacher, mm-hmm. okay? You, you could probably add another 20 wins to Lewis's tally and another championship that he lost in 2016. That was from an engine failure in Malaysia. But um, they've made it open, openly fair. And when they were dominant, at least we got to see them race, okay? And they, they did have some humdinger races. Bahrain, I think Bahrain 2014 comes to mind where they, they kept swapping and almost crashing and... You know, but they never crash into each other. But it was a great duel, and that's what you want to see from the two, the, the the team at the front that's got the dominant car, not this pedestrian after you, sir, because I'm the second driver. You know, and when you are the second driver, so to speak, that means the guy gets all the pit calls. You know, he'll get yep. the favourable pit calls and the favourable tyre and all this sort of stuff. This is this and the latest parts when the parts come on. Oh no, no, we're putting on that car, not your car, sort of thing. So, so Bottas, you know, he'll get every chance this year. Okay, to step up if he's good enough, um, take it to Lewis. And look, I think the off season's done him good. He won. He won the last race last year um, of the season at Abu Dhabi there. So you know it's up to him. And should he should it be good enough, he'll keep his seat and, and maybe compete for the championship. That's yet to play out. But um, the point is, is that is equal. That is equal. I think. I think the only way that changes is if is if Ferrari got off to a good start. Um, I'll give. I'll go back to last year when when Ferrari were on a run there last year. Um, I think they came back from the summer break and they basically said to Bottas because he was so far behind, mate. You are now the number two for the rest of the year. They actually said it to him mm-hmm. with like six races to go. Listen, mm-hmm. mate, it's like this, you know. And as luck would have it, the next four Lewis won the next four races when Ferrari dropped the ball and and stuff. So mm-hmm. that just goes to show up. It up until that point of the season, even though Bottas never really looked like being the championship, he was still allowed to compete on equal footing with Lewis Hamilton. 
You've made me excited for this right? year, Mark. I'm a casual fan, but you've got me excited here. Of all these ins and outs, I just thought they'd just turn the key and go, go and hope for Is that the what best. Thoughts, That's what I thought. But, you know, I'm watching on Channel 9, very tired at night. And well, look, just the other thing on that, uh, Liberty Media, who have come in and taken over the sport, uh, they bought it off Bernie Eccleston, uh, not... How much, time. how much loose change did they give Bernie? I don't know, Bernie? I think it was about 4.6 billion or something. They've made a down payment. They've made a down payment of 300 million, okay? Deposit? I think so, <laughs> yeah. But um, look, Cash, cash. Yeah, I don't think so. so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, uh, look, Liberty Media, they're, they're a big uh, conglomerate. And so, yeah, they've got background in, in, in a lot of American sports, so they know about the fans, fan base. So they made some changes last year, which was fan base, which were good, and we're going to see more of that this year, okay? Uh, they're going to bring the streaming into Formula One, which is it's unfortunate that Formula One missed the boat. Of all the world sports that we know, EPL, NBA, Formula One missed the boat here. You know, their their internet, uh, well, yeah, they're... Still using dial-up. That's well, what you're saying, Well, you might Mark. as well say that. Yeah, you can more or less because they missed the boat there. But look, finally, this this, this mob have come in and said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna make it for real." And uh, they've started up this service, which will start in a couple of races. Um, you'll be able. To, we won't get it in Australia just yet. Okay, um, but these are because of existing contracts like Foxtel and and stuff like that. But um, doesn't mean you can't pirate it from someone. Who's not that we're gonna do that, Mark. No, I'm just saying. Of course you know, not. No, no. You know, no. Um, I'm sure people always find a way, Sam. You know how it is. But look, you know, the, the money stream just from that alone will be worth squillion dollars because if if you're charging a hundred dollars a season per fam, well, if it was only five million around the world that got it, we'll do the math there. There's quite a bit of cash. Not bad. Um, but the problem we was in the past, Bernie was just made Formula One too inclusive. You know, a friend of mine took video footage of um, Kimi Räikkönen driving in Canterbury Road in his Ferrari. You know, he was driving next to him in his car, just as coincidence would have it, and. This is four or five years ago, and and sure enough, uh, three weeks later, it got removed from YouTube. Like it was, it was his own footage. It wasn't footage of Formula One car at the track, which is illegal, or whatever. But th- this is how, you know, more people seeing it, more people getting interested. This is this is how it all works. So, and look, just on that with Liberty, what they've done, being America, because in America the races start like at five in the morning, and so what they've done now, they put the races back an hour. Okay, so okay. And they've delayed the start by 10 minutes. So a lot of um, TV people come in just before the start of the race. Right. TV, you know, around the world. So they're going to now make it where the race starts at 10 past the hour, okay. not on the hour. Right, okay. So the race starts here at 4. It'll be 10 past 4, okay? But the other, the races in Europe are going to be starting an hour and 10 minutes later than normal, So, which is later here in Australia for, you know, most people. But I've heard a few people bitch and moan about it, but... I said, well, you're not going to watch it now? <laughs> oh, no, I'll still watch it. Well, yeah. It's good for the sport. Yeah, good for the sport. And just one other thing on the tyres, Sam. They've bought some the new tyres this year. They've, they've gone one spec softer than, than previous years, and they've bought this new tyre called the Hypersoft, um, which is basically a qualifying tyre. But but um, For the listeners that aren't aware of tyres, there's different grades of tyres, Yeah, correct? okay. So yeah, well, Sorry about that. I should have said that at the start there. But look, the, yeah, the tyres, we've got, we've got hard, medium, soft, okay? Uh, the hard will never get used. Um, so it's medium, soft, super soft, ultra soft. And there's this new one called the hyper soft. And look, let's just say the parity between the tyres is between probably two and a half seconds from the medium to the hyper. 
So there's like 0.4 between the super soft and the soft, another 0.8 between the super soft and the ultra, and then another whatever to the to the hyper. This is the estimate after testing. And so the hope is, because last year we had a lot of one-stop racing, uh, which mm-hmm. is very boring. Okay, it's just very mundane. Race starts, off we go, 20 laps in, put a tyre on, last the rest of the race because they've been, they've been that durable. But now they've made them all softer and the tyres beyond the softs are even softer again, okay? So the whole point of this will be is that hopefully we get some two-stop racing and different strategies. And like I said before, Red Bull will go very aggressive with all this. So, you know... You you ultimately want the the softest tire on at the end of the race mm-hmm. when the car's at its lightest, and if you can make I'll just give an example if you can make a tire stint last ten laps longer than it should, well that gives you less laps at the end to go faster mm-hmm. on a faster tire to catch up if that makes sense. So um, yeah, look we for me uh, a lot of other people just hope for two stop racing. You know it'd be great if we had maybe three at some of them, but I think can't wait for this hyper soft tire. Um, it's basically just a qualifying tyre, but you have to start on the tyres that you qualify on in a race. So whenever so if you start on a hyper soft, you're only going to get, what, 10 laps, did you say? Apparently, this is what they've, they've said. So does the next tyre that you put on, is that another hyper soft, or then do you need to use well, look, the ultra you've, you've or got, the super you've got, uh, or You've got two tyres nominated. You've got three compounds per weekend. Yes. And Pirelli say, okay, so for instance, in Melbourne this weekend, it's the soft the super soft and the ultra soft. But Pirelli will say, we're nominating a tyre in the race you have to use, which will be the hardest of the three, which is a soft. And after that, you can do what you like. But so P- Pirelli, they'll qualify, yeah. so, so just for the exercise, they'll all qualify on the ultra soft, they'll start on the ultra soft, they'll switch to the soft. Now, they might go ultra soft, well, that doesn't matter. They'll switch to the soft, and some might say, we're going to make this soft last the whole race. Others will say, no, nah, we're going to come in with 10 laps to go and put the ultra soft back on. And they'll be, and that, think about the parity between a used soft, if someone was to make the soft last the race, mm-hmm. now they'll be 20 seconds up the road because they've done one less stop. Right. But the guy coming out on the ultra is going to go and be two seconds a lap faster. Right. This is the, the parity that we want to see. And I su- I'm, we're all thinking that this is why Pirelli have done this to help accentuate overtaking or just exciting racing where you're going to see a, a, a disparity with tyre compound differences in performance, okay? So, yeah, I'll just bring on that Hypersoft, I say, because uh, it'd be great to see it. They pit after eight laps because there's still 40, 50 laps left in the race and then there's all kind of variables that open up after that. Do you go back onto the Hypersoft with, uh, you know, 10 laps to go, which will be just flying and stuff, so... Anyway, yeah, but that's the ties this year with that, and um, makes for a very exciting uh, season ahead. Yeah, there is. Look, they're just they've, they've gone to twenty one races this year, Sam. They brought back the French Grand Prix, which has been missing for ten years, uh, and the German Grand Prix. Uh, the Malaysia Grand Prix finished last year, and this year we're going to get our first triple header, which means three weekends in a row, uh, three races on consecutive weekends. So, um, which is quite 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 exciting, having three in a row. Um, where are get, where are they? Where are ah, so three? the first the first of the triple header, it's going to be the Austrian Grand Prix, uh, the French Grand Prix, and then the German Grand Prix, um, I think is the order. Do you go into all three of them? 
Uh, I thought about doing that triple header because it'd be exciting to something to do. But uh, yeah, that's the middle of the year. We'll see how we go there. But then, not long after that, we've got another back to back. So there's going to be five races in six weeks. So there'll be a triple header, a week break, and then another back to back after that. So that's that's going to be pretty full on for all the teams. Um, yeah, all those races are in Europe. Um, which is close to their homes and stuff, the, the, the factory bases. But that's 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 pretty intense, Sam. Pretty intense to have uh, uh, three in a row, then a, a week gap, and then another two at, at the back end of that. But then it comes the summer break. So anyway, yeah, that's going to be quite interesting to have have uh, those three races. And yeah, twenty-one race season, uh, longest season uh, in Formula One, twenty-one races. And yeah, we'll see how we go. I think you need your own show, Mark. I think you need your own show. What are your thoughts on okay, that? Okay, that you sounds you pretty good. You I'm, most yeah, I'm, I'm up for anything, Sam. You know me. <laughs> I'm up for anything. What are you, you going to just follow? You think you're going to just uh, follow? You like the, obviously the F1s is your number one love. You follow You follow the MotoGP, oh, the on the bikes, yeah, supercars, Daytona, V8s, yeah. Yeah, all NASCAR, of them. a little bit of NASCAR. Um, Could be something MotoGP, World Superbikes, V8s, um, the GP2, the feeder category, been getting us a little bit yes. because these are the next generation of drivers that are coming through. There's a young guy named Lando Norris setting the world on fire. He's uh, driving in that this year, um, as is um, George Russell. He's a Mercedes driver. But, uh, yeah, so no, all, all, I like all motorsports, but obviously mainly Formula One. But, yeah, look, uh, thought of my own show. That's uh, something to build on, definitely. So, yeah. Well, this one's definitely going to come out before the first one, the Melbourne. You might be able to do some interviews or something from Melbourne, you know? Yeah, well, it's 100th Grand Prix this weekend. Sam's so want to go and join myself. 100th um, Grand Prix. Yeah, I just, honestly, I just want to go there and just uh, just kick back, if I'm honest. They might let you um, do the Usain Bolt and make oh, yeah, allow yeah, you yeah. to sit in front of the... Uh, well, that was quite a scene, yeah. I mean, fancy that. The fastest man in the world got to stand on the grid all by himself with the 20 most powerful racing cars in the world and their drivers and beat the helm of that and do his little uh, lightning bolt pose. That was yeah, that was quite something, being on the grid. They said to you, Mark, congratulations, your hundredth. Go on to the front of the grid. What <laughs> <laughs> what pose would you uh would you do? It's probably the first time you'd be allowed on with permission. Yeah, um what pose would I do? I'd just probably stand there with my hands on my hips <laughs> and yeah, get a say good everybody. How you all going? 100. Congratulations. Thanks, Sam. It's been a pleasure. We oh, look forward you. to this uh, show of yours. We're excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I think I might. Yeah. You've made me a fan. You're going to watch a bit more Formula One now, I you? am. I am. Oh, thank you. Well, I've got one extra fan going here. That's a, that's a way to start off a show. Thank you once again. Oh, thank it's you, It's been Sam. a pleasure. Oh, good, mate. 100. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Exceptional People. For past episodes, please visit our website, exceptionalpeople.com.au. That's exceptionalpeople.com.au. On our website, you'll find links to iTunes where you can subscribe to the show as well as leave feedback. For Android users, there is also a link to Stitcher Radio and also a link to our Exceptional People Facebook page. You can find all those links as well as past episodes when you go to our website, exceptionalpeople.com.au. Thanks once again and bye for now.